Welcome to my Accordi podcast. I'm your host, Marianne Schmocker, also artist manager for international classical musicians. In this sixth episode, two members of the artist quartet are speaking to me from Frankfurt, Germany. We hear about their quartet beginnings, their challenges, and the works they chose to record by Felix Mendelssohn and his sister Fanny Hensel. It is for the latest digital release for Deutsche Grammophon Stage Plus. The Eris Quartet is one of Germany's foremost string quartets. After taking first prizes at major competitions, the quartet performed in prestigious venues such as London's Wigmore Hall, the Elbphilharmonie Hamburg, the Paris Philharmonic and the Vienna Konzerthaus. Recently, on their first US tours, they also gave debuts in Los Angeles and Boston. Welcome to my Accordi podcast. I have the pleasure of speaking with the two violinists of the Aris Quartet, Anna Katharina Wildermus and Noemi Sippeling. The two other members of the quartet, violist Kasper Vincenz and cellist Lukas Sieber, are sitting this one out. Tell us a few things about the beginnings of your quartet life. So first of all, thank you, Marianne, for having us. I can't believe it, but we met almost 15 years ago in Frankfurt at the Musikhochschule as so-called young students. This is a special program and we were at the age of 15 to 18, so really, really young. And there was a great chamber music professor, Hubert Buchberger, and he had a brilliant idea to put us four together in a string quartet. And I think, yeah, we are so thankful. Yes, and we always have to say we didn't know each other. So we were like a casting band and actually we got to know each other in the very first rehearsal and Casper, the violist, was late. <laughs> and we love to tell this story because he always says how stressful it was for him to arrive. He came from Kassel, which is like two hours by train to Frankfurt. He didn't know our names. He didn't know the room where we were waiting. So. It was kind of a funny first meeting, but look where we are now. <laughs> and where does your quartet name came from? Well, Aris, A-R-I-N-S, it's very simple. It's the last letters of our names. So the A is from Anna Katharina, the R is from Kaspar, the I from Noemi and the S from Lucas. Oh, that's interesting because I'm always being asked, what does Ares mean? Yeah, it's no Greek god, it's uh, just an artificial name. We searched for quite a long time because we wanted to do competitions and of course you need to fill in the application with some quartet name. And we thought about composers, but you need to have a special relationship to, to a composer, I think. It's, it's a relation to a composer you're playing a lot, or I don't know, which felt wrong at that time. So we thought about an artificial name to just kind of make our own. That's uh, good to know. And what were your biggest struggles and successes on your path? So maybe I will start with what I think is the biggest success because 
of course we could name prizes at competitions or rising stars, whatever. But for me, actually, the biggest success is that after almost 15 years, we still are together in our original cast and we still love playing quartet together. We are friends. We are very close friends. We like sharing our daily routine of rehearsing and touring. And I think there's not a lot of quartets actually who stay together for th such a long time, especially when starting at that young age. We were really, really young. And so um, the beginning of a string quartet career is really, really hard. So for me, it's the biggest gift we got throughout all the years. Yeah, that's unusual. 15 years is a very long time, actually. Yes, it's a long time. And since we started at the age of 15 plus, we still are kind of very young and have a lot of years ahead of us, which is great because we are looking forward to it and we plan on going on with the quartet for a very long time. So it's, it's amazing. Yeah, we really grew up together. Um, not as musicians only, also as humans. And um, for me, the special thing in, in this group and the string quartet is that we are able to support each other, that we are not alone. And uh, yeah, for me, it's, it's really a gift in my life to have these three really good friends with me all the time. <laughs> so you are also special because you're one of the few string quartets that perform standing, except, of course, the cellist. What are your reasons for this? I personally enjoy it because it leads to a musically and visually more lively performance. I think that we all enjoy the easier communication because we are more flexible standing. And also I think that the audience enjoy it very much. We often get comments after the concerts that they really enjoy seeing us standing and performing. And in some concert halls, the acoustic isn't that good. And for me, it really helps to stand because you can put some energy into the audience or some more energy into the audience. And the dresses show up better too. Of course. That's why you need to choose very carefully. <laughs> yeah, that is funny because sometimes the people asking me if I'm also maybe a dancer and not only a violinist. Yeah. <laughs> and also Katharina's hair moves a lot when she's playing and the audience find that very funny. There's always comments for that after the concert. <laughs> well, after all, it's also a visual thing. That's why for me, it's much more fun to go and listen and watch a live concert than putting on a CD. As beautiful as I think CDs are and as much as I love listening to CD recordings, but still the live experience is something very unique. young string quartet one of the challenges is building a repertoire when you have to learn 
new works, especially from contemporary composers? How do you structure your rehearsals? Well, I would say that we don't make a huge difference between learning a classical piece or a modern piece. Basically, the most important is to first look at your own part very carefully to learn what's happening, to look at the score, kind of understand the music. And then we are sitting together and playing it for the first time. And of course, we know how much time we have to learn a piece, if it's two weeks or if it's two months. So we try to kind of decide early, are we going to work in detail from the beginning? Are we trying to get a overlook at first and maybe start details in one week? But I wouldn't say that it's very different if we're starting a new contemporary piece or a new romantic piece or whatever. Yeah, there's one difference. We had the chance to meet the composer of the contemporary piece. That's really so interesting and you can discuss with the composer. How democratic is your decision making when it comes to choosing concert repertoire? And do you decide on the interpretation of a work? I would say that we are working very democratic because I think that whatever we are playing or however we are playing in question of interpretation, it needs to convince everybody. Otherwise, it won't convince the audience. So for the decision what to play, I would say that we sit together like two years in advance and decide what we are going to play in two years. And of course, we select pieces that we love, that we would like to play and everyone brings ideas and we try to make out of that logical programs. Let's say you receive a last minute invitation without really time to rehearse for it. What is your go-to program? So of course there are some pieces that are very close to us because we have some history with it. For example, maybe that would be the Dissonance Quartet by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, which is, I think, one of the very first pieces we ever learned as a quartet. So we have a long history with it and we love playing it. Then maybe it would be the Eighth Quartet by Dmitri Shostakovich, which is such a tragical and moving piece, I think. And we played it a lot and always kind of had the audience to tears and ourselves too, <laughs> to be honest, which also is a piece that we recorded on CD because it means a lot to us. So I think that would be a go-to piece too. And maybe the third would be the F minor quartet by Felix Mendelssohn, which also is a piece that accompanied us, us for a very long time and which we played a lot in competitions. So we worked very hard on that and it feels like fun. And with these pieces, it's like a good old wine, getting older and older, getting better. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go to the beginning of your career, which is now almost 15 years later. You had one the major competitions and awards in Europe and international prizes. How did you deal with the pre-competition stress? Now that you are performing a lot, do you still have anxieties? 
Well, first of all, yes, the competition time was very stressful, but I think that as a quartet, we felt lucky to be a quartet and not soloists because we never were alone. And I think it makes a huge difference if you can share the stress and the worries you have about something or not. So we never were alone. There's always maybe one member um, which is more positive on a day than the other and the next day will be other way around. So there's always someone you can kind of look up to and get the energy from. And But of course, competition is never fun because we love to play concerts for an audience that comes and just wants to listen to beautiful music and no one likes to be judged. I would even say that maybe for me personally the time after the competitions was even more stressful because you need to prove yourself. The year after winning the ARD competition it was the really stressful year. We had more than 100 concerts per year and it was crazy times. This past spring you could finally embark on your first US tour with debuts in San Francisco and Los Angeles. What is the attraction to perform in the US? So first of all, it was my first time in the USA and it was so exciting. And it was a really, really wonderful tour. And we met so many wonderful people, I have to say, really. And of course, it's a different audience, but in a really positive way. As a quartet, you are not just enjoying a busy performance agenda, but you are also regularly playing in front of microphones. This brings me to your newest recording release for Deutsche Grammophon Stage Plus. Tell me a little bit about this new release. I understand you chose works by the siblings of Fanny and Felix Mendelssohn. Yes. So we have done a video recording for Stage Plus, which is a kind of a new platform by the Deutsche Grammophon, where you can subscribe and then watch a lot of amazing concert videos. And we recorded two pieces which feel very important to us. Um, the first is the E-flat major quartet by Fanny Hensel, the sister of Felix Mendelssohn, who's F minor quartet is the second piece on this recording. And maybe I will start explaining why we chose this program with the second piece, the Mendelssohn Quartet, which has been with us for many, many years. And for me, it's maybe his most emotional work um, and also his most autobiographical one since he composed this as a reaction to the very sudden death of his beloved sister, Fanny Hensel. And since they had a very, very good relationship and they spent a lot of time together, not only as siblings, but also as composers, actually as musicians, he kind of processed all his feelings by writing this quartet and kind of processed all his emotions 
such as anger, grief, sadness, but of course also you have very beautiful moments of memories. And I think this is why it matches so well with the um, quartet by Fanny Hensel, because it's very interesting to see how different and at the same time similar the composing styles of the two siblings are. And what I think is very interesting is that speaking of Fanny and also Felix, a lot of people say they're known for their very kind of lighthearted, joyful fairy music, but both quartets aren't fairy music at all. They are both very kind of intense pieces, tragical pieces. And for example, speaking of the Fanny Hensel quartet, you have a slow movement, a romance. So when I see the title romance, I think of something very charming and warm, but it is, I don't know, it's very intense. It's subliminal um, tragedy there. And I think that's why the pieces match so, so well with each other. I love to play them in concert. They are such, yeah, good to play. And I think they are immediately emotional, which makes it also easier for the audience, especially for people who maybe aren't that much into classical music. Now let's go to our last question. If you as a quartet are stuck on an island and you can only perform one piece of music, you all must agree on it. What is it and how did you get to agree on it? There's one winner from, of course, the repertoire we have played so far. So we can only choose from what we have played. And this would be the first Razumovsky by Beethoven, which is one of the greatest pieces of music. And this is all of the, the four of you agreed on that? Of course. We always agree on everything. <laughs> well, Anna and Noemi, thank you for sharing a portion of your quartet life. Thank you and greetings from the beautiful city Frankfurt. Thanks for listening. I like to thank our generous sponsor, recording producer Andreas Klein. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Accordi and recommend it to a friend. The music excerpts came courtesy of Deutsche Grammophon and the Genuine Label. For more information, I invite you to visit the websites of the Artist Quartet and MarianneSchmockerArtist.com.